Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 35. Okay, folks, I'm doing something a lot different this time. I ordinarily work from a script, uh, but I'm not doing that this time, and the reason isn't because I have a need to be innovative or a need to do something different. I'm going to be going in for surgery, and so I haven't had time to make a script. By the time you hear this, I will have already had the surgery, and I'll be recovering a bit. So I wanted to do things a little bit differently this time. And who knows? Maybe you're going to like this better than me working from a script. You need to let me know some way. But I want to talk today about something that is really an extension of last week's episode. If you'll recall, we talked about 30% of Catholics are all who believe in the Holy Eucharist in these days. I want to talk about an extension of that, something that I merely touched on last week. I want to expand that idea. But before I do, uh, there is something I want to digress to talk about for a second that's very important to this apostolate. Then I'll get back on track with what I want to talk to you about. Hey, I want to talk to you a moment about some really hard realities Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is facing. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you for money, but I am asking for your help. Everything I do for Catholic lay people is free. I offer free answers to your Catholic questions on JoeSixpackAnswers.com, a free email course, free webinars, and the Cantankerous Catholic Podcast is free. I do this for you because I see each six-packer as my family, and taking care of one another is what family does. My concern, of course, is for your soul, to help you become a better Catholic and attain heaven. Until recently, I'd always been able to generate enough revenue to cover my monthly expenses, but costs on almost everything have gone up. You'll notice about three months ago, I began putting display ads for Catholic merchandise in the sidebar of the Cantankerous Catholic website on several pages. Those are Amazon ads, and I get a small commission when you click on those ads to shop at Amazon. Amazon is threatening to shut me down because they're not getting enough business through my ads. If I lose the ability to advertise for Amazon, I lose money to help pay for my ever-increasing costs, and that'll eventually cause me to give up Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. I try to change the ads every few weeks. Since Amazon is the world's largest retailer, I'm fairly certain you shop there. You may not be at all interested in the things I show you in those ads, but if you click one of the ads and buy anything else on Amazon, I still get a small commission on your purchases. So I'm asking you to do me a favor by clicking on one of those ads in the sidebar of the Cantankerous Catholic website the next time you need to shop on Amazon, rather than going directly to the Amazon site. Oh, and most of the books I recommend for each episode are also linked to Amazon, so I get a commission on them too. I don't recommend those books just for the commission. I really think you should read those books because I've either read them or know the author personally or by reputation. 
Please help me keep Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guide, functioning by going to Amazon through the ads on my website. Thank you. Okay, let's get back on track. Last week I mentioned that we uh, have a need to evangelize our own brother and sister Catholics. And the reason for that is obvious. If only 30% of the people believe in the real presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist, something is wrong because that should be 100% because that is the core of our faith. Now, I know this isn't being addressed to any of you six-packers because you're head and shoulders above the average Catholic. But I need to explain to you that you have a need to evangelize. If you're going to be Catholic, you have to be all Catholic. Jesus told us in Mark's version of the Great Commission that he who is baptized and believes, that means believe everything that Jesus taught. And Jesus didn't just teach the basics of the faith. He told us that we had to evangelize. Now, if you're not evangelizing, the best you can hope for is to be in purgatory until the end of time. That's the very best you can hope for. Jesus gave us a lot of things that we have to do as Catholics, but we have to do all of it, not just pick and choose the parts that we like. We have to do it all. Now, evangelization comes in a lot of different forms, and right now we need to be evangelizing our own brother and sister Catholics above all else. I personally never turned down an opportunity to make a new convert, but my focus these days is on evangelizing Catholics. And we all have to be evangelized every day. I do, you do, everybody does, the Pope does, the Bishop does. We can't survive in the faith if we aren't evangelized. I'm evangelizing you right now by reminding you of an obligation you've got as a Catholic. Whenever we fail to evangelize, whenever we refuse to do what we're supposed to do, that's counted against us, folks. You know, on the day of our judgment, whether it's our personal judgment or the general judgment, God will look at everything we've thought, everything we've said, everything we've done. But he'll also look at everything we have failed to do. And if we fail to evangelize, that is a really big thing that counts against us. Now, as I started to say a while ago, there are a lot of ways to evangelize. You could evangelize directly, as I do, and that is certainly the best way. But I can understand that some people may, at some point, have, oh, an inability for one reason or another to actually talk to people and evangelize. Now, if you're failing to evangelize because you're afraid, well, that's not a good reason. However, if you are failing to evangelize because you honestly can't, then that's a little different story. And so people who are in a position that uh, they can't evangelize for one reason or another, they support evangelistic apostolates with their income. So what do you have to do to learn how to evangelize? Well, <laughs> first and foremost, you have to know the faith. I've lived in this archdiocese for five years, and I can count on one hand the number of lay people who actually know the faith. 
100% of Catholics believe they know the faith, but that doesn't make it so. Just because they think they know it doesn't mean they really know it. Whenever I bring the topic up with some people, I inevitably get one of two responses. I've been a Catholic all my life. Or they'll say, I'll have you know I've been to Catholic school for eight years or 12 years. So, <laughs> that, that doesn't mean a thing. That doesn't mean anything at all, especially whenever folks aren't being taught. Look, the big scare right now is that only 30% of Catholics believe in the real presence. But I don't believe that it's because they chose to cease believing. I believe it's because they were never really taught in the first place. The blame for that lies squarely at the bishop's feet. They have caused this problem and they have perpetuated this problem by doing things wrongly. They haven't been sharing the faith with the very people they need to be sharing it with, their own people. So you have to learn the faith. But just learning the faith isn't enough. You also need to actually take action. You need to share with other Catholics whenever they're doing something or saying something that is opposed to the faith. For example, whenever Father Tim Bannis died a few years ago, uh, he was the pastor of my parish. He was younger than me. And I recall talking to a lady who was in her 80s. She just knew that Father Tim was already in heaven. Poppycock, I gently and charitably tried to explain to her that we have to pray for his soul because we can't possibly know that he's in heaven. Well, she insisted, yes, he is. I said, no, chances are he's in purgatory. So we offer masses for his soul. We pray for his soul. But she just wouldn't give in to that. And that is because a lot of Protestant thinking has seeped into Catholic thought. It shouldn't be that way. And one of the spiritual works of mercy is to admonish the sinner, and another is to instruct the ignorant. So whenever people make statements like that, you can't afford to let it go. You have to be able to say to them, wait a minute, that's not right. Otherwise, you're not doing one of the spiritual works of mercy. It takes a little courage to do that. None of us like to take the chance of angering people or putting people off in some way that they don't want to talk to us. But it doesn't matter. You've heard me say over and over and over again that comfort and conviction don't live on the same block, and they don't. If you want to be comfortable in this life, chances are you're going to have a very uncomfortable hereafter. You have to be convicted of what you believe. You have to show conviction for it. And that means being uncomfortable. Truth is seldom comfortable. Truth is almost always very uncomfortable. So you need to get it in your head that you're going to be uncomfortable. That's just all there is to it. I'm sorry. We here in America have had it entirely too easy, entirely too long. And I'm afraid with the persecution against Christianity as a whole and Catholicism in particular, the way it is all over the world, we have to decide now to have a conviction in what we believe. So first you learn what you're supposed to learn, then you share what you've learned. But don't get it in your head, it stops there either. Every Catholic has two obligations— 
you know, they tell us about canon law and holy days of obligation and the precepts of the church and the works of mercy. These are all things we're obligated to. But I kind of like to keep it simple and, and boil it down to two things. Every Catholic has an obligation to do two things, to be holy and to share the faith. Everything else falls under one of those two. You cannot become holy without sharing the faith. You cannot share the faith without trying to become holy. They are not exclusive of one another. So you have to learn the faith, you have to share the faith, and you have to also try to become holy. Listen, you could learn the faith from front door to back door. You could learn more than the Pope knows about it. You could learn more than your bishop knows about it. I've actually had some priests tell me that I know more about the faith than priests do. Okay, so what? What does that get me? It doesn't really get me anything because you know what? Satan knows the faith better than any person walking the face of the earth. I promise you that. Think about that. Satan knows the faith better than anybody on planet earth. What good is it doing him? He will forever burn in hell, but he knows the faith perfectly. So you have to do as Paul said to do, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. If you don't do that, then you can't become holy. And if you aren't trying to become holy, well, you know, Jesus commanded that. Jesus told us to be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. How perfect is God the Father? He's infinitely perfect. Can we become as perfect as that? Well, sure we can, because Jesus said we could. But we have to do it with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way. So you're going to have to learn the faith front and back, okay? And that's why I put on these webinars every Sunday. I think you should begin to attend them. You have to share the faith. And if you ask me to, I will develop a course for evangelization to teach you how to evangelize. And then you have to try to become holy. And that means practicing our faith constantly. You know, the guys in my Knights of Columbus Council, a lot of them really try to avoid talking to me. They think I'm a fanatic. Well, I'm not a fanatic. I'm just a Catholic who understands you have to do everything that's Catholic. So you have to confront things when you see them. Whenever I see people being disrespectful to the Holy Eucharist, when I see people denying truths of the faith, I confront that. I have to. My conscience won't let me avoid it. It has to be done. Consequently, these guys think I'm a fanatic and try not to have anything to do with me. Now, that's not everybody in the council. Some of the guys in the council, uh, they just love to be around me, and it's because they learn when they're around me. They've told me so. Now, one thing you're going to have to make your mind up to, though, you're going to have to quit worrying about offending people. Like I said before, truth is seldom comfortable. You're going to have to learn to state the truth regardless of the consequences regardless of how people may feel about it. One conflict that I have on a regular basis with people is about contraception. They don't want to hear about contraception because they want to practice contraception. But that doesn't make contraception acceptable. And it's my job to make them feel uneasy with the truth. 
because without the truth, they make decisions that aren't in keeping with God's laws. With the truth, they are forced to make a conscious decision to choose heaven or to choose hell. And that's what the faith is all about. So these are the things you have to do. You have to learn the faith. You have to share the faith. You have to try to become a saint. And you have to get out there and tell people the absolute truth. You don't worry about hurting feelings. Jesus didn't worry about hurting feelings. You know, we hear all the time about you're supposed to be like Jesus and do what he did. And we hear it from the pulpit. We hear him say, oh, you know, you got to love everybody. And oh, we're ready to sing Kumbaya and hold hands. That's not the way Jesus was. He didn't have Catholicism. He established Catholicism. But if he were around today, I can promise you he would tell you the very same thing I'm telling you. Avoid nice Catholicism. Nice Catholicism is a surefire way to lose. It's a loser's formula. Jesus wasn't nice. He loved everybody. He absolutely loved everybody, but he wasn't nice. Now, you may think that's crazy that I should say such a thing, but it's true. Jesus loved everybody, and he showed everybody his love, but he called men liars. He called men hypocrites. He said they were white-painted sepulchers full of dead men's bones. He drove people from the temple with a whip. Now, that doesn't sound very nice to me. I don't know about you, but I don't think that's very nice. So, if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to tell the truth and not care what anybody thinks or says. Because look here, folks, 10 years ago, only 70% of Catholics believed in the Holy Eucharist, believed in the real presence. In a decade, it's dropped down to 30%. Now, part of that, true. I'm sure there are some people out there who have just said, you know, I don't believe this. And that's because nobody ever explained it to them properly in the first place. But most of these people, I don't believe, are guilty of walking away from the faith as far as belief in the real presence. I believe they were just never taught. You know, the problem with this is it's been at least 50 years since we've had any decent catechesis in this country. And so what that means is your children are being taught by people who were never taught themselves. Isn't that sad? Isn't that scary? In fact, a lot of you were taught by people who were never taught themselves. That's a shameful thing. That's a scary thing. So the bottom line is, you and I, we have to learn the faith well, and I encourage you to please attend my webinars. In fact, I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can sign up for a free email course, and you will also begin to get invitations to these webinars. And I urge you to attend the webinars so you can learn the faith as well as you need to. And believe me, all I'm teaching is what Catholic school children were expected to know by the time they finished the 8th grade 70 years ago. I'm pretty certain you're smarter than an 8th grader was 70 years ago. So you can handle this stuff. But most of you are going to say, wow, I've never heard anything that deep. Well, believe me, it's not that deep. It's just basic stuff. 
With the exception of fundamental option and situation ethics, I don't teach anything that Catholic school children didn't have to learn 70 years ago. So sign up, click on that link whenever you go to the show notes, and sign up for this course and the invitations. And look, you may not be in a position where you can attend the webinar live. I understand that. I get that. But if you will register, I will send you a link to the recording of the webinar. Now, that's not as good as a live event. Why? Well, because attending a live event, you get an opportunity to directly ask me questions in real time. And you can't do that on a recording. So I urge you to try to attend the event, but I'll be happy to send you a link to the recording if you register and can attend, okay? Okay, I've talked all about evangelization, which I believe is so necessary. In fact, I'm going to do a big push uh, with the bishops across the country soon to try to get uh, my bulletin insert in as many parishes as I can across the country, because as many of you know, that has been a great big help to you in learning the faith. So we want that to happen in these other dioceses and parishes. But now I want to talk about something else briefly. It's only going to be a few minutes. A few months ago, I had to do some research for a piece that I was writing. What I had to search for was I wanted to know what the three most searched for things were on the internet. Now, the third thing most searched for is spirituality, and believe me, that is not people looking for traditional Christianity. That's people looking for New Age stuff, they're looking for Eastern mysticism, some folks are even looking for Satanism, which is really on the rise in America. The second most searched for thing on the internet is pornography, and that alone should tell us just how urgent it is for us to share the faith. But you know, the most searched for thing on the internet, on Google, is how to make money online. Well, I got to thinking about that long and hard. I thought, well, you know, six-packers aren't any different than anybody else in America. Maybe a lot of you have searched for ways to make money online. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought that it would be a good idea if I helped provide something like that for you. Now, I'm going to tell you right up front, the things I have decided to do for you on making money online also makes me money. And this apostolate really needs an infusion of money badly because expenses keep going up and revenues, they aren't falling. The revenues are doing just what they've always done. But I'm no longer at a point where revenues and expenses match up. I can't cover expenses anymore. Now I'm having to go in the hole every month. So I need the revenues. What I've decided to do is set up a separate email list, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes for people to be able to go to this separate email list and sign up. And here's what's going to happen. You will begin getting emails when I get finished putting it together that will allow you to be able to see different opportunities for making money. 
I'll also give you the opportunity to sign up for short various email courses that will teach you some techniques or some methods for making money online. But that's not the biggest thing. I'm in the process of setting up something called the Cassock Learning Center. You will be able to go to Cassock Learning Center and pick up some courses all on your own. Some video courses. They will teach you with videos. There will also be text. Everything you need to learn various aspects about making money online. I will be adding to this list, but I'm going to read you the courses I'm going to begin offering immediately. And these courses are made through special arrangement with uh, someone I know in this field. These are good courses. They're up-to-date courses. There are 20 of them that you can choose from. You don't have to take one. You don't have to take any. But I'm giving you the opportunity to learn how to make money online. And here are some of the courses. One course is simply called Make Money Online. There's a course for e-commerce, you know, where you might want to set up your own store or set up a Spotify store or something like that. There is a course for affiliate marketing. Local marketing. Did you know you can get into local marketing? In other words, doing marketing things for local businesses and not know anything about marketing. Seriously, you can. So I've got a course on that. There's also a course on traffic generation. I mean, you have to have traffic to be able to do what it is that you want to do to make money. There's a course on Instagram marketing, a course on YouTube marketing, how you can use videos to market, a course on Facebook marketing, which is hugely successful with a lot of internet marketers, to learn email marketing, a course for video ads, a course for Facebook remarketing, a course for Facebook ads, a course for LinkedIn marketing, Amazon marketing, so you can learn how to make money on Amazon, Snapchat marketing, webinar marketing, how you can use a webinar to market what it is you do, WhatsApp marketing. Heck, I didn't even know such a thing as WhatsApp existed until a few weeks ago. But WhatsApp marketing, apparently that's a very popular app among people these days. Google Hangout marketing. Google AdWords. So you're going to have all these opportunities or all these courses to learn online marketing, to learn how to make money online. I want to tell you, there's work involved. There is no such thing as easy money. Any easy money is bad money, okay? There's always something sinful or evil attached to easy money. So it requires effort. If you're expecting to be able to learn how to make money online for doing nothing, that's not going to happen, or at least you're not going to learn that from me. I'm not going to teach anything like that. I know how to make money online, but I choose to spend all of my time in evangelization and trying to build this apostolate. But I've made arrangements with another professional I know in this field to start the Cassock Learning Center. It'll be up and running hopefully within a few weeks, but in the meantime, I'll also be seeing to it that you get emails on other things of interest. Now, that's really about all I have to say for this week. Please keep me in your prayers so that I can heal, and I'll talk to you next week. 
What do Billy D. Williams, the celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell, and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross? Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how, in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity, how the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. News pick number five. Hats off to LifeSite News. When the state of Maryland found out that Bethel Christian Academy affirms the biblical view of marriage in its student handbook, officials last fall cut the Baltimore area school from a state-sponsored school voucher program, arguing it practiced sexual discrimination. Now the principal says at least six students no longer can afford to attend Bethel, and in an effort to live up to its own standard, Bethel is taking its case to court claiming religious discrimination by the state. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the blaze. A statue of George Rogers Clark, of Lewis and Clark Expedition fame, has been deemed a monument to genocide and a shameful memory in a petition that demands its removal from the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to LifeSite News. The Trump administration is proposing a rule that would permit government contractors to make employment decisions that are consistent with their sincerely held religious tenets and beliefs without fear of sanction by the federal government. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to LifeSite News. Unplanned a movie which recounts the life of Abby Johnson, who left behind a job as a Planned Parenthood abortion manager, has become not only a box office success, but it became the number one DVD in Amazon sales on its first day of sales. In my opinion, this is a movie that everyone should see. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 1 this one's insane. Hats off to LifeSite News. A sixth grade Ohio boy was pulled out of gym class in front of his classmates the day after his art teacher overheard him telling three girls his friend, who is transitioning to a girl, is a boy, not a girl. The 11-year-old had been warned by the assistant principal earlier that there might be consequences to asserting his friend as a boy and referring to him with male pronouns. That is absolute, utter insanity. But you can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. 
I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. About 50 years ago, after a religious revolution in Greenland in the 16th century, a Catholic traveling salesman celebrated Christmas there. He related that all Catholic priests had either been executed or banished from the country. Only a few faithful Catholics remained, yet every Christmas Eve they met to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Greenland is very cold, and winter darkness continues for many months. So days ahead of Christmas, the Catholic faithful dressed warmly and set out with lanterns to meet. They plowed through deep snow toward a little hut owned by a Catholic family. Some of these people traveled for many, many miles. When they were all assembled on Christmas Eve, at midnight they'd have a roll call to be sure everyone had made it. Then a gray-haired, venerable old man, his hands trembling and posture stooped from old age, stood at a small table in a corner of the room. After a prayer and short welcome, he drew out from a drawer in the table a little box. From the box he took out a corporal, the cloth a priest uses to lay the consecrated host on at Mass. It was yellow and tattered with age. The man held it for all to see with great reverence as he spoke with deep emotion. My dear friends, on this sacred linen, the last Holy Mass was celebrated in this country fifty years ago. I served at that Mass. The Holy Cloth is the last remnant of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass in Greenland. On it rested the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Let's kneel down and thank God for letting us at least have this precious relic. Let's beg him to send us priests soon again, so we can again have among us the sacred body and blood of our Lord. Then all the assembled Catholics, tears streaming from their eyes, fell to their knees before the holy linen that had once held the sacrament of our Lord's love. These people wanted to make Mass their treasure, but they were deprived. You have the Mass, but probably seldom think of it as a treasure. All they had was a tattered corporal Jesus had laid on, and they prized it. You have the victim Savior himself, and more likely than not, you fail to show him the proper reverence and respect he deserves. But we don't appreciate what we have until we lose it. I assure you, the day is coming when we won't have the Mass here anymore. You might want to think about that. Hey, Six Packers, that's all for this episode. I've enjoyed having you with me. Don't forget to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter. The links are in my show notes. Also, remember to visit joesixpackanswers.com to sign up for my free email course. Each short lesson arrives in your inbox every three days. We also have the Cantankerous Catholic Social Media Group you can join to discuss anything about Catholicism, our country, or anything else on your mind. I visit the page every day. The link's also in my show notes. There are lots of other neat things of interest in my show notes, too. You can find them at cantankerouscatholic.com. And remember to live by the Joe Sixpack battle cry. Comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. 
Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.